So not only did he give his life on the cross, but he gave his life as a whole. His 33 years of life, he gave them to people. You know what I mean? And that's what we have to look at. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Unlocking Scripture. I'm your host, Justin Torres. Today is a special episode because I'm actually joined by a remarkable man of God that I have the privilege of calling a friend. His name is Pastor Mikey. And what's what's awesome about this is that we actually are pastors of the same church, but in two different locations. I pastor in Port St. Lucie, Florida, yes, and yes. Mikey pastors in um, Claremont. So I'm going to kick it over to him. I want to ask him a few questions just to kind of introduce himself. And we're going to get on a, on a great topic here, which is going to be about biblical servanthood and Christian humility. So, Mikey, um, just to kick it off, you want to give it a little bit, you know, give the audience a little bit of info about yourself, about your background and, and your ministry role? Yeah, for sure. So, um Justin said that I pastor in Claremont. I'm the youth pastor at KOG Claremont. He is the senior pastor over there in, in uh, Port St. Lucie. But um, that's what me and my wife do right now, man. We work with the young people at our church, with the young adults. Um, we also serve in in different ministries throughout the church. So, um, you know, we we I'm in the worship team. My wife is is ahead of the prayer team and stuff. So we just we're having a great time, man. Just hanging out with the youth and and trying to disciple them and and trying to build up some good good young people. Yeah, for and the I would kingdom. say for sure that Mikey has done a tremendous job at that. Like our church, we look to him and his Thank wife you. for that guidance because he's one of those guys that just don't tend to age. I don't know if it's an immaturity thing or what you would want to call that, but he, he just continues to stay relevant. has a has a lot to do with has a lot to do with immaturity on yeah, my behalf. Yeah, that's definitely believable. <laughs> but but it works in, yeah, in his man. favor, you know, because young people really connect with him and his wife, and we've seen how he's just gifted. Him and his wife are just strongly gifted in that area. We had the privilege of actually attending one of their youth conferences recently. And I'm just sitting back like, how does man even think of some of these ideas? I don't know if that's all you or if you have help in that. I'm sure you probably have some help, but just coming up with some of these things are just awesome. And like, you got to understand for somebody like me, the older I get, the less relevant I become. And it feels like the older you get, the more relevant you become. No, not at all. Listen, bro. The the funny thing is, is, is about a year ago because of not feeling relevant. Like we were actually thinking about leaving mm -hmm. youth ministry. We were, we were going to try to like hand gotcha. it off. Um, and in that, like we prayed and, and, you know, we spoke with our pastors. Thank God. You know, I, I think even you, we, we have great senior pastors that we can always run to and trust in and, and be able to be vulnerable with. And, um, and I had told him, I was like, man, like, I just don't feel like I'm connecting with them anymore. You know, like it's, it, it got hard, you know, cause I'm not, I'm not the youth pastor that's all into social media. I'm not, you know, I'm not the most stylish one out there. Like I, I just kind of put on whatever I find in Target and Walmart I and keep moving. So, you know, when, when we, when I decided to, <laughs> thank you, when I, when we, uh, uh, when we thought about like letting it go, you know, they were like, maybe God is just calling you like into a different way of, of doing youth ministry, you know, um, maybe discipling more. And, and, and what I realized and what my wife realized through the Holy spirit was we're put in this position not to be relevant. You know, we're put in this position to disciple them and lead them. Um, so we just started using 
the same youth to bring the relevant, you know, to be relevant with them, you know, and we, we ask them questions and we're vulnerable with them and, um, have other people that I spoke to and they're like, listen, man, just be you. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like they're, they're not looking for you to be them. They're looking for you to be you. And and that helped me, you know? And, and, um, and if that, if that helps them just being me, then, then thank God, you know what I mean? But we definitely have a team of young people and young adults around us that, um, that give us the ideas. We kind of bring the skeleton of everything. Hey, this is where God is leading us. This is where we feel, you know, the Holy spirit wants us right now. And they kind of plug in, what how how we would how we would get to that point so that they could you know we yeah, can reach I'll the definitely young people. say that it's been like it's been really cool to sit back and watch because as much as you're saying you know i'm not that relevant guy i'm not that social media guy like you would think the the opposite because if you go on social media it looks like you're that social media guy and it looks like the church is that yeah and, hey, you guys do a life. great job at that so <laughs> But, you know, uh, yeah, I like that you brought up also that you had some good, wise counsel to seek out, you know, throughout, you know, your um, your decision there. So shout out to uh, Pastor Kiki and Pastor Robert and their and their wives. And we have some great senior pastors of, of King of Glory Ministries and we're blessed to have them. So, yeah, shout out to those guys, you know, for sure. And they make it easy. They make it easy, man. Like, it, you know, when you have senior pastors that that love young people as well. Um, it's, yeah. it's super easy, you know, so whatever we, whatever we come up with, man, they're like, listen, run with it, whatever's going to reach the young people, you know, and that's, I think that that's sometimes the hardest thing for other youth pastors is they can feel like they're left out or they can feel like their ministry is kind of mm-hmm. like on the back burner. And, um, and I just thank God, man, that throughout KOG, like youth ministry is usually the forerunner and, um, and they're, you know, they, they really push us to, to take those young yeah. people to the next level. So super huge yeah, shout out to them. It's great that you mentioned it that way, because it kind of spins us right into our topic today of just servanthood, because, mm-hmm. you know, like, I'm sure you and I can both agree that God has pulled us in directions that most of the time we probably wouldn't have signed up for on our own. Uh, senior pastor here never, never thought <laughs> that day would come, never wanted that day to come, you know. <laughs> for those that know me that might be listening, you know, my background has always been Bible study and teaching, you know, so the idea of shepherding people and kind of dealing with some of the things that that brings was like, no way, you know, <laughs> but God had other plans. Yeah, yeah. Which I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I'll give you your flowers, man. Like the way that you love the word of God, the way that you teach the word of God, even just this podcast, man, like it's it's phenomenal. That. Like you have that gifting, bro. So that the way that you uh the hunger that you have for the word of god is palpable bro and that's that's you don't see that a lot in any more in any senior pastors and and that's no, why i believe that god that, put you there you know so just giving yeah, you your flowers too brother. the kingdom you know so yeah, yeah i mean man. this is uh this is great because you know like we were just saying so many times we get pulled into all these different directions i, I don't think there's anybody in the in the bible that ever walked a comfortable life there's no such thing as a comfortable christian you know that just doesn't exist and Mm -hmm. if it does exist you're probably not serving god the right way you're probably not being the proper christian or a biblical christian you might be missing some things because this comfort comes with it you know the bible says that we would be persecuted for our faith it says that we will endure suffering there's so many things that come with it and one of those things is servanthood and servanthood can, you know, bring us challenges, obviously, but servanthood is meant to be a blessing, mm-hmm. you know, 
for both ways, you know, ourselves and also for the person that we're serving. And I think one misconception that a lot of people have is that saying, you know, I don't serve man or I don't worship man. And that's not true because we serve God by serving man. And that's what we're going to talk about because right. that that's ultimately how we serve the Lord is by shepherding people, by serving other people. What matters more to yeah. God than souls, you know, so that's that's really mm-hmm. what it is. So before we get into it, you have anything that you wanted to add to that? Man, listen, that that's a that's a big thing that right now we're discipling even our even our youth at church. Um you know, we, we've been through the book of James this, we, like this year, it's taken us all year to go through the book of James and first Corinthians. Um, and, and the main idea that we've gotten from it, you know, was that, um, there, when we read their, their books or their letters, there's nowhere in there that's telling them, Hey, you know, pray more fast, more, you know, worry about yourself more. Like even the main idea in James, like when he's talking about it, it's like, everything is, how can you love people more? You know, and when they're telling them how to run these these churches and stuff, they're like, this is how you love people more. You know, don't don't look for favorites, this and that, you know, Paul telling them, listen, when they're walking through the door, make sure they don't think you're crazy. Of course, this is me paraphrasing right now, you know, um, and and putting everything in order. But he's telling them this isn't for you. This is like he, he's not telling them, hey, here's one on one on how to have a better relationship with Christ. He's telling them, hey, this is how to run a church. This is how to love people. You know, and 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 talking to the youth in that we're like, man, if we don't know how to love people, we don't yeah. know how to be Christians. You know what I'm saying? Like, if we don't know how to treat people, if we can't love on the mm-hmm. sinners like we are, if we can't understand where we came from, first of all, then who are we? What are we doing? You know what I mean? And and that's been a pet peeve of mine. Like when I can look at social media, look at all these things going on in the church world, I'm like, dude, yeah. we're not doing this right. 100%. You, you know, like we're not doing this right at all. You know, and, and that's one of our, our hearts for young people is if even if we can just get 10 of you guys to think the way that Jesus thought. Or even if we could just do the 12, you know what I'm saying? Like those 12 revolutionized the world. Like, why wouldn't we yeah. be able to do it? You know what I mean? So that's that's kind of like what we're focusing yeah, on. So no, that's, 100%. That's awesome, and, and that's the main thing that, stuck, that probably would stand out about James is that it's the love part. You know, like if you're going to be serving, it has to be from a place of love. It can't just be I'm serving because I want to be recognized. Yeah. And that going back to the social media thing, that's. Yeah probably what's happening more than ever these days is that you know you mm-hmm. even see you know and I'm, I'm not trying to knock anybody particularly or anything like that but you'll see you know like a miracle taking place or uh, somebody praying for somebody or a deliverance happening and somebody's right there with their phone recording the whole thing just to post it on social media and i'm not saying all that is bad because not everybody has a wrong intention behind it but there are some that do and that's that's just not right you know that's not that's not the right way of serve you know the right yeah, way to serve yeah, yeah. is by being in the moment right and actually being obedient to christ and loving our people you know so yeah i mean that 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 style of you know that that personal moment because really when we look at deliverances and healings like those are personal yeah. moments with god you know what i mean so my question to a lot of people is would you would you want to be that person on the other end of the camera while you're screaming and throwing up and all this stuff? You know what I mean? Like, don't, don't use my deliverance as a viral moment for you. Um, and, and it's hard because it's like, well, what's the, what's the, the borderline of marketing too much 
or actually showing what God is doing in your yeah. church. You know what I'm saying? And that's that's the hardest part right now. So I can understand why some people would try to do it. But like you said, I, I think when it becomes that moment of like, oh, this is going to be good on social media and that's what you're looking for, then your heart is in social yeah, media. And, and the heart the needs souls. to be in the souls. And that kind of takes me right here because mm-hmm. yeah, there's a verse I want to look at. And I think, honestly, the, yeah. the best example and probably the most powerful example we can look at is the example of Christ himself and just seeing how he served. But then also paying attention to some of the things that you said, it's like, are we serving people for the views, for the viral moment to look a certain way or maybe to market the church, whatever the case you want to look at it as? Jesus kind of he was in positions like that where he had a lot of views. You know, it says that he'd done miracles before crowds. I mean, just look at, for example, the um, yeah, the miracle of the feeding of the 5000. You're talking about 5000 men, not including women and children, because the Bible explicitly mentions that it was right. 5000 men. It could have easily been up to right. 10, 12000 people in attendance. Did he do it because mm-hmm. he wanted the large audience or did he do it because there was a burden? For the people of God, and He was there to to fill that need. So, um, this yeah. first verse, this is Matthew twenty, verse twenty eight. It says, "Even as the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give His life as a ransom for many." So, right off the bat, you see it: the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve. So He didn't come for the audience. He didn't come for the thousands that would be in attendance. Right. He came to serve no matter what that looked like. You know, there Mm -hmm. was good moments of that and there was bad moments of that. But what do you think of that? Yeah. 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 I, I, it's, it's a verse that I use all the time when I, one of my, one of my other passions is, is leadership development. I love working with leaders. Um, and, and that's something that the Lord has always put in me is that Jesus didn't come to, to, to be served. Right. And, and when we look at, unfortunately, the way that we're teaching pastors and we're teaching leaders, it's, you know, people are coming in and you're going to get them to serve and you're going to get them to help so that you could step back. Right. But in the example of Jesus, Jesus worked harder so that that was the examples for his disciples. Like he was the one performing everything, not so that they could say, hey, Jesus is doing it, but he's he's saying or, you know, to say, hey, I'm the one doing this. I'm the one who's I'm the miracle worker. Here I am. But he's letting because even says later on when he when he goes back, when he ascends back to heaven, what does he say? Hey, great. You guys are going to do greater things than what I did. Right. Because you already saw that this is possible. And if this was possible when I was doing it, you guys are going to do more, you know. So when you're doing more, Jesus was like, hey, here's the example. I came to serve you guys. You know, and when we look at a king, when we look at a leader, our our thing as human as humans is to say, hey, let me serve you. You're the pastor. Let me serve you. But when the pastor steps back and says, hey, no, 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 let me serve you. All we're doing is creating that reciprocal, mm-hmm. being reciprocal with our things, you know, and we're just saying, no, 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 let me serve you. Let me serve you. And I think that as we continue with that battle of who serves more, it it it, it makes this whole church walk and this Christianity yeah. thing a yeah, lot no, 100%. easier. hundred percent. And that's the example that we get is from Christ himself. And what what stood out to me a lot is like when people mention serving, well, Jesus serving, a lot of times they point to this scripture, but they also point to the moment where he was washing his disciples feet. That's a famous one. But in all of Christ's walk, he was serving. There's another instance. And this Mm -hmm. is the one that recently hit me in a place that kind of changed my life. And the way I saw servanthood was that, 
when John the Baptist was beheaded and Jesus gets the news, remember, Jesus was mm. a man too. He was fully God, but he was also fully man, meaning he had emotions. He had, right. you know, there yeah. was things that the Bible says that he he got angry. You know, he, he bled through his sweat with the stress levels that he had before the cross. So Jesus was fully human. Right. But um, remember, he was also close with John the Baptist. You know, he... He, he spoke highly of them. Yep. And that's another topic in itself. But being that they had that relationship, however the Bible mentions it, he gets the news. And then it says that he goes to retreat to be alone. He goes to a desolate place. Jesus had no intention there to serve. Yet a crowd goes and follows him. And he's serving. But not, not just serving to serve. But he's actually serving in the midst of his grief. And that hit me because... Mm. We hear about that example a lot, but I think a lot of times we forget that servanthood is not just when things are good, but it's actually when things are really sour, too. You know, servanthood is a full time yeah. ministry, you know, if we're trying to resemble Christ, you yeah. know. Yeah, the uh, the thing of ser- the, that that topic of serving and grief, um, I think that's where we're really tested as well, you know, where we're all going to go through something and we're going to continue to go through stuff, you know, and, and, and I wouldn't even call them tests. It's just life. You know, we're going to lose people. We're going to, we're going to struggle financially. We're going to lose jobs. We're going to this, you know, and, and when we look at the example of Christ, not, you know, I think we focus too much. I want to be very careful on how I say this, because I don't want to sound insensitive, but I think we're focusing too much on the mental health side of things like, Oh, make sure that you're good and you're good and you're good. But I think in doing that, we create an excuse of saying, hey, today I'm not good, so I don't want to serve you. But when we look at that example of Jesus, Jesus was like, well, I'm not good. But since you guys followed me, I'm still going to serve you. But later on, it does say that he still retreated anyways. You know, he he's he did what he had to do at that point, but he mm-hmm. still went off like he still found his time to go off. You know, so I, I think that the balance is has been bro- has been going towards more of, again, the egocentrical side of things of, hey, this is about me. I want to make sure that I'm good so that I can yeah. serve you. But in doing that, we've gotten to the point where it's like, but if I'm not perfect, then I can't serve you. And that's not the example of Jesus. You know, I think if anything, he struggled throughout his whole ministry. He went through all kinds of stuff throughout his whole ministry. You know, if, if we're if we're thinking about even just all these Pharisees and Sadducees following him just to test him and mm-hmm. just to make him look bad, you know, and, and, and in that he's still there, he's still going. So it's. You know, we, we got to be real careful in our servanthood and, and making sure that it's not yeah. all about us. I get it. We got to take care of our minds. We got to make sure we're good. We got to make sure our families are good. But I think that that's where ministry gets difficult and serving other people gets difficult is how do I serve my family? How do I serve the church? How do I make sure that I'm OK? But at the end of the day, we still have to continue to serve. Like, yeah, we just it happens can't all the time. And, and that's really like the more you grow spiritually the more of a servant you become and the less you become by yourself in a sense, mm-hmm. you know, you become more available. Mm-hmm. And for yeah, me yeah. personally, that was always a struggle yeah. because like I consider myself an introverted person. I'd always been a homebody, just did my own thing and avoided crowds, avoided being around people. Like I thrive in my solitude. So the more that I grew mm-hmm. spiritually, the more I grew in my calling and connected with God, the more that became a sacrifice that I was going to have to forsake that solitude and now start to 
be involved in other people's lives. And that's, that comes with it. You know, that comes with servanthood. You're going to eventually get there. And, um, you know, with that, I know you mentioned Mm -hmm. leadership and that was the next thing I was going to bring up. So you'll probably like this scripture a lot. This is, um, right out of Luke. This is Luke 22, 27. And it's, it's talking about leadership through service. It says for who is, who is the greater one who reclines at the table or one who serves? Is it not the one who reclines at table, but I am among you as the one who serves. And it's like, you know, Jesus himself is saying that, that like, it goes back to that pastor example that you were talking about earlier. Like Jesus is not here as God almighty. Like, Hey, I'm I'm here in the flesh. This is the time to get your service in, start to serve me, serve me, serve me. Rather, he's doing the exact opposite where he's saying, like, you guys are at the right. table at that position. And I'm over here doing the serving and he's doing it with joy. He's doing it with gladness and to set an example of leadership through his service, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, you know. Mm-hmm. So what do you think yeah. about that? That's uh, I think that leadership has to be. Um, not even include service. Leadership has mm-hmm. to be servanthood. You know, leadership at the end of the Craig Rochelle says that leadership is is anyone who has influence. A leader is anyone who has influence. And the only way I feel that you can build and create influence is serving other people. You know, and and when when we when we influence people and we service people, like we serve people, Jesus is basically saying, like, okay, in the world, yeah, of course, everyone who just sits back and gets served that's ultimately the people that we look at and we're like, Oh yeah, like that's the person. Like I want to serve that person. And when we look at servanthood, we always tend to see it as like the, the lowest of the lows. You know, if we think of like uh, marketing schemes and pyramids and all that stuff, what do they tell you? The further away you get from the client, Mm -hmm. the more money you're going to make. When in Christianity, it's the, the closer you get to people, the more influence you have. Right. So, when I when I look at that through leadership, I'm like, the leader that doesn't know how to mm-hmm. serve is not a 100%. leader. You know, and it's like that cliche thing of, you know, oh, are you a leader right. or are you a boss? You know, like a, a leader leads people and a boss just tells people what to do. Um, and 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 I look at it, especially like in my my own personal leadership and like you said, spiritual growth with God. It's like I I I'm not easily served. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? That. Like I, I don't, I don't receive it well because to me, it's like, no, 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 I want to serve you. And it's not because I'm, I'm boasting about it, but it's just as I've grown in scripture and grown in leadership, I'm like, no, 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 I, I have to give more. Like if there's somebody serving more than I am in my own ministry, then I have to sit back and be like, no, no, hold up. I got, I got to go a little more. I got to go a little harder. And it might be the competitive nature that I have as well. But, you know, we, we got to learn as Christians that we're all called to to serve. You know, it's, it's not a, it's not this calling factor of like, oh, I'm a pastor so I can step back. And that's one thing that we always say in youth ministry is that we're like, this isn't a stepping stone for us. God has called us to serve young people. You know, and what does that mean? That means I'm I'm giving of myself. Like it says in in Matthew uh, 20, 28, like you read, like and uh, the last part of it says and to give his life as ransom for many. Right. So he didn't even just come to serve here, but he says, but I came to serve so that Mm -hmm. I can give my life to you. You know what I mean? And when we look at that example, I'm not saying go to the cross. I'm not saying die for people physically. But what I'm saying, he gave his life. He gave everything that he had while he was here. You know, we look at Jesus dying on the cross like that was the only thing that he did. 
No, Jesus gave his life. You know what I mean? He gave his his social life. He gave away maybe trying to have a family. You know, like you said, he was a man. Mm -hmm. I'm sure he had needs. You know what I mean? He gave all of that away to say, hey, I'm here to teach you. I'm here to guide you in these three years, three and a half years that I'm here. This is what I'm going to give to you. So not only did he give his life on the cross, but he gave his life as a whole. His 33 years of life, he gave them to people. You know what I mean? And that's what we yeah, have no, to 100%. look at. And, and it's great that you brought that up, particularly because in Jesus' manhood, remember, he was also tempted. He was tempted by the enemy. And yeah. he was offered all those things that he gave up, but also could have had. You know, like it says that that yeah. Satan took him to the highest mountain and said, you know, all this, all these nations, all this, I will give to you if you would just fall down and worship me. And, yeah, you know, yeah, he yeah. turned the yeah. other way. No, I'm, I'm going to worship God. And that's that's what we do over here. You know, so get behind me and then maintain that all throughout his whole 33 years or and his three year public ministry. Like his whole ministry yeah. was servanthood no matter which way you want to look at it yeah the miracles yeah. were for people you know he did he never did a miracle of raising a dead dog to life you know that never happened this was right, people that right. he was raising up you know so yeah. not that the animals yeah. don't matter for all that animal advocates out there you know for real it's okay guys you know, i don't want to be too insensitive <laughs> just stop praying for your 15 year old dog that passed away he was 15 he made it, he made he it, made it. His... i'm sorry i'm insensitive he did it he did his thing right? leave him alone <laughs> but you know like he it, it all came down to people and him as a man himself yeah, yeah laid down sure. his life all throughout both in things that he could have done things he could mm -hmm. have had and something mm -hmm. that stood out to me and this is this is before Jesus becomes a man, is the humility of Christ. This is Philippians 2, 7. So before hmm. Jesus is giving himself as a man to the rest of the world, both in his life and his death, you know, he was seated at the right hand of the right. Father. He was he was God. He is well, he is God. And he had his divine nature yep. and he gave that up. You know, so it was that plus the physical life. Mm. So the, this is Philippians 2, 7. It says, but, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. Now, I find that interesting because it says, one, that he emptied himself. So he stripped off this glory. He said, I'm going to obey the father that is asking me to go and, and die for, for these people. So he emptied himself mm -hmm. of all the good things he had, all the glory he had. But it says that he yep. took the form of a servant. It didn't say anything else. And then it said this, he, he became a servant, but in the likeness of man. It's like almost like if the servant was first, but I needed a I needed a like a vessel yeah. to do that service. And so, you know, I'm going to take on a human body. You know, that's kind of a weird way to look at it. Mm -hmm. But but he took the form of a right. servant. So even while he was in heaven, just waiting for his moment to come to come down into this earth physically servanthood was already a plan you know it was already this is what it is you know mm -hmm. i'm coming here to serve god and i'm going to serve his people by giving my life and laying it down as a ransom for many and if you look at it bro um it, it says, going by the punctuation that's in the scripture, it says, by taking the form of a servant, comma, being born in the likeness of men. Um, when, when I see that, I'm like, hold on. It's not only saying that he was for, like he came in the form of a servant, but it said 
it's describing mm-hmm. what form he took, right? So it's almost like Philippians, the writers of Philippians is telling you, hey, the likeness of man. So he came in looking like us, meaning that we were already the form, like yeah. we're the form of servant. Like we were created mm-hmm. to be servants. Yeah. You know what I mean? So because it doesn't say like he, he came in, in the form of a servant also being born in likeness. No, it says it's a, it's it's describing the way that he came in. So it, it's like he's saying, listen, the 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 form of a man, like the likeness of man is to be a servant. We were created oh, to serve, you know, and and when we see like I, I look at that stuff and, and I hadn't noticed it until now that we're talking about it, you know, but I'm like, dude, we were created to serve like it's not an option it's not a recommendation of like this is how you'll build your church no like the way that god created us was was to be servants and i think that that's why we're always looking to something like that's why even jesus said like you can only serve you know one master You know what I mean? You you can only serve one master. Why? Because it, it, it's it's basically saying like mm-hmm. you're gonna serve somebody because that's who we were created to be. Now the question is, who are you going to serve? Yeah. You know, and and as we serve, if we if we decide to serve Jesus as our master, God as our master, then ultimately His commandment was what? Yeah. To serve people, go out. You know, get out of your comfort zone, get out of what you know, go out, create disciples, you know, and, and preach the gospel and create disciples. You know, how do we create disciples? We serve because that's how Jesus yeah, created them. The thing about it is like this is the this is coming from the one person who had every right to be served. You know what I mean? Like he didn't have to <laughs> real, set yep. that example. He didn't have to come down in the yeah. flesh. I mean, he could have done away with us long ago like but yeah he that's that's what he chose to do mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know this is how god decided to love his people by sending his son and and jesus out of his obedience takes that up and takes on this form of a servant and it's like you know when you talk about being created to serve you know there's you could just go right back to adam and eve before there was ever anybody else existing yep. in the world they were serving god by tending his garden you know what i mean like the garden that was there that that this mm-hmm. was all gods and it still is all gods, but yeah. he created Adam yep. and Eve and mankind for his good pleasure, you know, not for anything else. Yeah. He gave yeah. us free will, but he ultimately created us for his good pleasure, which was to serve him. Everything testifies of his right. glory in all creation. It all testifies of him. So mm-hmm. when you're talking about like just being created to serve, you see it even in the garden of adam just working the field adam having fellowship with god up until that point was broken you know servanthood was always there whether it was you know directly towards god or indirectly towards god by serving other people it's always been there Mm -hmm. and and we and even if you want to look at it going back to them like where where was their connection where was there the disconnect between them and god was when they decided to serve their own pleasure when they decided to give them their their flesh what it was desiring right so it, it's it's when they became selfish is really where the disconnect came between them and god right because what it, what did the serpent say it was it was that deception oh you know but if you do this if you eat you know god doesn't want you to do it because what you're going to be like he knows mm-hmm. that you're going to be just like him right so it was it was it was feeding into that selfish desire of i want more yeah. i want to be more 
You know what I mean? And again, it's going back to that servant heart of like, you can't be more and serve, you know? And, and when, when the disconnect between God and them came was that selfish desire. When we feed that selfish desire, there's a disconnect. And that's what we have to be careful as Christians. And I want to stay away from just leadership or whatever, just as Christians as a whole, like we got to be very careful on feeding that selfish desire on feeding what our flesh wants. And that's, that's where the danger. Yeah, really and comes you know, in. something about that too, is that as you're saying this, I'm thinking to myself, like all the moments that we choose the flesh and we choose to serve those desires, they never end up in satisfaction. Never. You, the most you'll get momentary pleasure. Never. Then the pleasure is gone and you're back mm-hmm. at square one with that same emptiness again. But on the contrary, yep. though, when you're actually serving God by serving people and you're just living a life of service, it always results in satisfaction. A hundred percent. Yeah. You know, like I can yep. think of plenty of times, like even in the simple things, when we just serve in church, it ends in satisfaction. But when you do something for somebody else, you bless yep. somebody else the satisfaction and joy you get one it's pure so you don't have that sinful feeling mm-hmm. that you get when you serve your flesh so it's, you get joy from that right you build trust with people you please god the list just continues to go on you know yeah yeah I, it, being in youth ministry you talk about you you talk about that a lot you know what i mean like where it, the the main question is how do i how do i not do this or, you know, they'll text us like, Hey, Pastor Mikey, Pastor Lisi, like, you know, today I'm struggling, you know, whatever I want to, I had somebody text me the other day, one of our young people, like, I I, want to, I just, things are going crazy, blah, blah, blah. I I just want to smoke and just get high again. Cause they're like, man, like when I did that, like, I just felt like I was more creative. I was more this, I was more that. And I told them, I was like, how do you beat that? You know, cause they, they come to us asking or they're not telling me just because they're like oh you know they're they're (laughs) they're asking for accountability you know and i'm like that all that's fine but it's momentary you know what i mean that that high is momentary you know what i mean when i because i know when i used to do it it was momentary and that's why you have to continue to do it you have to continue to seek that high because okay you're going to get rid of it for now but then you're going to sit back when you're done the next day you're going to wake up and you're going to say wow i just messed up four or five, six months of, of progress right now with 30, 40 minutes, because then after that, you got hungry, you ate and mm-hmm. you fell asleep, you know, to now like you served yourself. Yeah, it was good for 30, 40 minutes, let's say three hours. But then you wake up the next morning, you feel worse. Why? Because you just disconnected that little bit from God because you serve that selfish desire. You know what I mean? And, and when we, when, when we do that, it's like, like you said, like that sin, sin is always going to be momentarily and that's momentary. And that's why we got to continue yeah. seeking it. That's why we got to continue doing it. And that's where we become addicts. And we're just, we're just looking for that. How do, how do I fulfill this addiction? How do I fulfill that? You know, being selfish yeah. is an addiction. You know what I mean? Because it's anything, how, how do I look for that next high? And, and we just, we got to be really, really careful with doing that. And, and I believe that servanthood is always good. Like you said, it's going to require yeah. sacrifice. You know, it's going to require sacrificing and, and crucifying that flesh that we always talk about. Like, you know, pick up your cross. I heard the other day they were saying like, it, when you look at, when you think about it, Jesus hadn't mm-hmm. gone to the cross yet. You know what I mean? When he said, pick up, bear your cross, he, yeah. he hadn't gone to the cross yet. Why? But they knew 
that that was one of the worst forms of uh, that was one of the worst ways of dying. That's what everybody was scared of dying by the cross, you know, and he's saying, like, you have to literally strip yourself of everything that you could want. You're going to strip yourself from life so that you can actually walk this thing, you know, and it's it's super yeah, important that, to remember what Jesus said, too. He said, not only do you have to pick up your cross, but you have to deny yourself. And that goes hand in hand with servanthood is that you can't serve others mm -hmm. if you're all about yourself. You know, it's like, for example, like mm -hmm. kind of like an oxymoron. If you think about it, you can't have both at the same time. It's either yeah. one or the other. You're going to serve right people. Mm -hmm. You're going to serve God or you're going to serve yourself. But you have to deny yourself in order to serve, you know. So let's mm -hmm. talk about that for a little bit. There was another verse I had, you know, just. Yeah. Kind of like talking about like what it means to live as a servant of God. This was the verse that stood out to me. This is First mm -hmm. Peter two sixteen, and I think it gives us a pretty clear picture. But it says, uh, "Right here, there we go. Live as people who are free, not using your freedom as a cover up for evil, but as servants for God. Mm. Living as servants for God." And that's interesting to me because. Christ gave us freedom. You know, he died on the cross, resurrected, gave us freedom. Mm -hmm. He who the son says free is free indeed. Yeah, we got it, you know. But now that we have that, right? Now that we got the freedom, you know. Yeah, thank you, thank you. Yeah, yeah, I think, yeah. Yeah, I yeah. think that's the problem. You know, we a lot of people stop right there. Yeah. You know, they stop right yeah, there. You yeah. Know, you, they forget sanctification. They forget being filled with the Holy Spirit. They forget transformation they think that just at the moment that you mm -hmm. accept jesus christ that you're fully transformed and yeah we're done but that's not what it is and then it's like right, right you you became a believer there's a sanctification process that that takes place all throughout your life and it's time to work you know it's time mm -hmm. to go out and serve other people so two things i think the scripture is twofold is that one it says you know, to not use your freedom as a cover up for evil, but living as servants of God. <laughs> yep. I think that goes twofold right. because, yeah, we have freedom, but that doesn't give us a, a license to sin. It doesn't give us a license to stay the same, right. meaning that if you lived a, a life, mm -hmm. you know, free of servanthood, it doesn't permit that you stay that way. But instead, it says, no, you, you should right. live as a servant of God. You know, everything that we talk about. Mm hmm. I don't know, what do you think about that? Live is this is how we we do it with our young people at church, bro. We like break it down literally, like sentence yeah, by sentence, or you know. So live as live as people who are free, right? So he he's basically telling them like, first of all, right now when you live the other way, you're not living as if you're free. You're basically bound anyways, you know. Not using freedom as your cover as a cover up for evil, um, and I, and I believe that. When, like you said, a lot of we 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 use these big these verses that are all over the place that people tattoo on themselves, <laughs> people go crazy with and they'll post it and it'll be like that. But God moment in church where everybody just starts freaking out because you use the verse yeah, yeah. that everybody likes. Right. He whom the sun sets free like, is free man, indeed. You know? Oh, yeah. You know, people start. Uh, yeah. Everybody's freaking out. Right. But. <clears throat> Like you said, there, there's so much more that comes after that. 
right? I remember a while ago when I was praying, uh, I, I had heard this after the cross, you know, like there's so much more that happens after the cross. And in that sanctification, we gotta, we gotta become more holy. We've got to become more separate. You know, we've got to get closer to God. Like we can't just continue to live this life. However we want to live it because God loves me. God forgives me, blah, blah, blah. And, and all that is beautiful, you know, and John, um, what's his name? John Brevere. I can never say his last name properly, but he, he came out with a book. Um, it was called the awe of God, you know, and he was talking about God's holiness. And one thing that he said that stuck out with me or for me was the angels in heaven are not crying out, love, love, love. The angels in heaven are crying out, holy, That's holy, good. holy. So before God was love, God has yeah. always been holy, you know, and, and we love to tell everybody, Hey, God is love, but God is also holy. You know what I mean? And God calls us specifically to be separated, to be sent, you know, to be uh, live a life of sanctification and holiness, you know, and because we focus so much on God is love. I don't believe that we're convicting people to really come to Christ and really repent mm -hmm. from their sins. Right. So our service to them should be not only, hey, I want to love on you, give you grace, but also let them know, hey, you can't continue yeah, to live this way. Uh, it's, it, you know, it, you have to, accountability has to be a part of it. It says, but, it, but living as servants for God, that's how we really show the freedom that we have in Christ is living as servants. So it's like, how are you? The, the problem is, is that I think nowadays we look at freedom and servanthood. And when we see the word servanthood, yeah. we think slaves. And we want to we want to Americanize everything and say, oh, slaves. And and we think and I'm not listen, I'm not going against what happened, you know, 400 years ago. I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying, that's not the same servanthood right. that God is asking for. You know, and we want to bring that into that same connotation of like, oh, well, if I'm a servant, then I'm going to get whipped and I have a master and I have this and and I can't. No, no, that's not what he's saying. You know, that's not the same servanthood. So let's not get those two things confused. Actually, to live in freedom in Christ is to live a life yeah. of being a servant. You know, to to, and I think we do a disservice to people when we don't teach them how to be servants. When we teach them, hey, everything is about me. Here's here's how you live a better life. Jesus didn't teach you how to mm -hmm. live a better life. You know what I'm saying? Like, I know nobody wants to hear this, but Jesus never taught yeah, us how to live did. a better life. He didn't have he never. He never like if anything, one of his disciples were like, hey, I want you know, was it his father? I believe that yeah, his father passed that away and all this stuff, and he's like, yo. Let the dead bury the dead, bro. You know, and, and we could see that, man, that's insensitive. But Jesus is like, there's more. I'd hate to say it like this because people aren't always going to. But there's more pressing yeah. is issues right now. You know, and he's like, hey, if you want to follow me, I don't even know where I'm going to lay my head. Next. Know, he said that. So Jesus said, you know what I mean? Like he never said, hey, Justin, this is how you're going to live a better life. You know, make sure you put your money away. Make sure you save. Yeah. Make sure your head is the good. You plan. got your head on straight. Take care of your family. No, 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 no. He didn't say that. He was like, yo, pick up your cross and deny yourself. Keep moving. Keep serving people, you know? And, and, and so anyways, bro, that's what I get from there. You know, like live as people who are free. And to live as people who are free is to serve. You know what just hit me as you were saying all this about the whole, um, you know, Jesus never, like, talked about having a better life. There is a, a – no, I, I love it because that brought me here, <laughs> which is there was a situation in the Bible where that did happen. And Jesus had a quite the opposite response to that. 
remember there was a rich man that approached him. Right. Said, you know, what do I got to do mm-hmm. to be your disciple? He said, all right, you're rich. Sell it all. <laughs> no, not, he didn't even say sell it all. My bad. He said, give it all away to yeah. the poor. Give it all away. Get, give get it rid of away. it and then yep. come follow me. That wrecked the guy. Yeah. You know, imagine. I mean, I, I'm not going to yeah. lie. You know, that that's not an easy ask. But but neither is right. carry your cross. Neither is you'll be persecuted for my namesake. Neither is anything that Jesus asks us to do. Mm-hmm. But he asks us nonetheless. And the reality is, is that the call to be a servant of Christ is going to cost us our life. You know, whether it's physical, whether it's your yeah. time, whether it's your your passions for things, whatever it is, you can find the cost in every area of your life that serving God is going to lead you to. Mm-hmm. And um, this is a scripture that kind of goes with that. And just the attitude that we should have in this walk as a servant is Colossians 3.17. It says, and whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus giving thanks to God, the Father, mm. through him. So not only does it say do it in the name of Jesus, because there's so many things that could be done in the name of Jesus. We saw that people have cast the demons out in his name. Yeah. They didn't make it to heaven. You know, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy mm-hmm. in your name? Did we not cast out demons in your name? You know, we, we heard that one before. So not only do, yeah, not only yeah. in word or deed do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, but it says giving thanks to God, the Father, through him. So, you have to be a mm-hmm. satisfied servant, you know, somebody who enjoys mm. serving other people. It's never going to be a thing. Um, you know, if I told you that you're going to love it all the time, I, I just honestly would be lying to you because it's going to cost us at times. Right. Like, there might be times that you might get a call at three yeah. in the morning. Shout out to Pastor Robert. I did the same mm-hmm. before. <laughs> you, know? you get a call at 3 a.m. <laughs> and, and you got somebody asking yeah. you for you know, or just telling you like, hey, a situation just happened. Could you come by and help me out? Or things like that where you're going to have to really sacrifice to be there for other people. <laughs> but then there's also going to be times yeah, yeah, that yeah. when you're doing that, you're going to be thankful for those moments. Or you should learn to have gratitude in those moments and do it with joy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. You, um, Man, where is it? Anyways, in the word of God, it's somewhere there. Like. <laughs> in the word of God, you know, it talks about doing, doing, uh, I think it might be, is it Philippians? Maybe the beginning of Philippians. I don't know. Quote me later on. Um, but where it says, do everything without grumbling, without complaining. Right. Um, and when, when you see that, then you look at Colossians and it's like, yo, give thanks. It, we have to understand that servanthood is not something that we have to do, but it's something that we get to do. And that's I think that that's, that pushes us into humility, right? Because we think of like, ser- again, servanthood in this negative connotation of like, oh, I got to go do this. But when we look at it like, man, I get to serve you because of what God did in my life. Right. And that's, that's the, that's the hardest, that was the hardest thing for me in ministry, especially in youth ministry where you don't see a lot of fruit initially, you know, and it, I've always said like the way that I talk to other youth pastors locally is I'm like, you got to know youth yeah. ministry is planting a seed. It's very rare that you're going to have a plant come out in youth ministry. Very rare. You're going to see little things here and there, but you're not going to see fruit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, and people think of that, of me being negative. I'm being real. Like this is the age where they got to go through things. This is the age where they're going to try things. This is the age where they're trying to figure out who they are. So it takes some time, 
you know what I mean? So to, to put that fruit in, but where I was going with it is there's times where as a youth pastor, you're like, yo, I'm, I keep doing the same thing over and over again. Right. And we can get into that complaining thing. Like, yo, here comes this little individual again with the same crap, sleeping with his yeah. girlfriend, blah, blah, blah. You know, that person smoked weed again. Here we go again. Now I got to sit down with another counseling session. But when I look at it now and I say, you know what, Lord, you give me the opportunity to be able to talk to these kids because you could have picked yeah. somebody else. You could have used anybody else in this world, you know? So when you walk in and you say, you know what, God, thank you. It promotes humility in your life because you understand that you did not give yourself that opportunity. You know what I mean? And that's how we have to look at all of this is like, we did not listen. If I go, if we went into our testimonies, we'd be here for four hours in the conversation. You know what I mean? All the idiotic things that we did in life. But because of that, I can look back. And say, you know what? I think that that's why we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. Why? Because the testimony is not only for the other people, because it doesn't say they overcome because of the word. No, it says you overcome. Why? Because I believe that it helps you remember what the blood of the lamb did for you with that testimony. You know what I'm saying? So when I can see, hey, God brought me out of this place. God brought me out of selfishness. God brought me out of lust. God brought me out of addiction. God brought me out of all this crazy crap that I was doing as a young person. And now I get to pour into these young people. I get to help these young people, you know, and not even young people. I mean, we serve our churches, but just, you know, in the con- in the in the context of the ministry that I'm mm-hmm. currently in with my wife. But it's like, you know, give God thanks. And when you can give God thanks, it's worship. And you're telling God, Hey, you made the right decision. Yeah. No, that's good. You know, there's another verse in the Bible that stands out regarding this too. And it just speaks to what it is to be a servant. And just that centerpiece It's Mark nine thirty five. It says, and he sat down and called the 12. Mm. And he said to them, if anyone would be first, he must be last of all and servant of all so you know you see jesus constantly mentioned this this is a theme throughout the gospels is servanthood you know what i mean like yeah i don't think you can take jesus you can have jesus without servanthood i'll put it that way you can't really have jesus without servanthood Mm -hmm. because that is like a key part of who he was but also who he demonstrated us to be is is servanthood you know and then he tells us right there first he tells us to the twelve. That goes for us too. It says, if anyone would be first, he must be last of all mm-hmm. and a servant of all. And it's like, you know, you you get to do this. You know, a lot of times, and, you know, unfortunately with the social media saturated world we live in, being a good servant to a lot of people, especially younger people, and, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, is if you're a good servant, it's because you have 100,000 followers on Instagram you have this amount of influence mm-hmm. and like, you're just the, the known guy, you know, you you have all this, this uh, credibility, yeah. but that's not what it says. It says, again, let me go back to it. If anyone would be first, he must be last of all and servant of all. That doesn't sound like somebody to me that's super popular. That actually sounds to me like somebody who's not trying to be noticed at least by who they are mm-hmm. what influence that they might have they're, they're not trying to be known by that they're right, trying to be right. known by their servants i think that's kind of what mm-hmm. us as believers kind of need to get to is that we should be known for our service 
forget about being known for my good content mm-hmm. or my good Instagram or my YouTube, you know, forget all that. Mm-hmm. I want to be known for my good mm-hmm. service to the Lord, you know, for my service towards people. I think that's the mark of a, of a true believer really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure, dude. Um, the, I believe that when we, again, uh, in the word of God, it says, you know, what does it profit a man to gain is, you know, to gain the whole world, but yet lose his soul. Right. So it talks about profit, it talks about gain, but then it says you lose your soul. Um, and, and I think, like you said, in the social media world that we live in, and even just this, um, this hunger for fame, this hunger for being number one. Um, but when I look at everyone who's been number one, let's say celebrity status or music, um, usually they're the ones that when you hear them in, in interviews, they're yeah, the ones that are the most empty. True story. You know, they're, they're the one like whoever's number one. I mean, you, you, we look back to, to the king of pop, Michael Jackson, you know, in all of his and all the things that you hear about him, they would say how sad of a person he was, you know, how how everything that he was doing before he passed away was what trying to fill these voids that he was never able to have. Why? Because mm-hmm. he was number one and all eyes were on him. You know, I'm, I'm real big. I love to listen to interviews of, of all kinds of people. I don't just listen to to Christian content. You know, I'll listen to all kinds of stuff. And you you'll see these people who are like number one in the music world. And they they end up selling their souls and they end up doing all of this stuff to become number one. And when they reach that, most of them have said, it's mm-hmm. not what I thought it was going to be. You know, in the Spanish world, like all these reggaeton artists, they're like, yo, I wish I could just have one day of not being famous. Is that crazy? You work so hard you, you, to get there. And and we, we you, you work so hard, bro. You give everything, literally. You, you do the opposite of servant. You get a, you give everything of you to be able to fulfill yourself, to give you everything you want, all the money, you know, worldly desires, all the women, all the cars, all the houses, <clears throat> all the awards to sit back and say, yo, I still feel empty. And Jesus is saying, hey, if you want to be first, you have to be last. Yeah. He's saying, yo, go to the back of the line. Why? Because at the back of the line, you can see everybody who's in front of you. You can pay attention. You can pay attention to people who are around you. When you're in the front of the line, you miss out on everything yeah, that's happening. You miss out on what's happening in front of you. You know what I mean? And, and it's like when we can become last, you know. And then he says, um, and then he says, you you have to like become servant yeah. of all. So you got to sit back. Why? Because if if I'm in the back and you're about to stumble, I can call out your name. Hey, Justin, you're about yeah, to you fall. You have vision on it. I'm not trying. I'm, I'm, you have vision, bro. So being last creates vision when in the in the world and the what they're trying to teach us is being first is because you have everything. But being last, you're able to see everything. And, and as we serve and as we're in this walk with Christ, we got to step back and say, how how can I serve God and serve people more being last so that you can see what's the need? Yeah, yeah that's good. And, you know, it's it's a great way to tie it all into this verse that I had. And I think this is kind of where this kind of brings us all into that cornerstone and just that conclusion point, if you will, is that servanthood as much as people want to paint this picture that it's not rewarding or that you're basically at the beck and call of other people that negative connotation that you were looking at 
the Bible actually says something very different from that. This is coming out of Proverbs 22.4. And servanthood ties into this. It says, the reward for humility and fear of the Lord is riches and honor and life. That hits me like a ton of bricks when I read it because servanthood falls right under yeah. humility. Like we talked about it earlier, you know, you can't serve, you can't be proud and serve mm-hmm. because you're definitely going to be serving yourself if you're doing that. You can't yeah. be an effective servant unless you know how to be humble, unless you know how to be teachable. The Bible's clear that God opposes the poverty, gives grace to the humble, you know. And then when you look at Jesus' example mm-hmm. of servanthood, it was always accompanied by humility. Here you have Jesus, the Son of God, yeah. who stripped himself of glory that he had who had every right to be served comes down in the form of a servant in the likeness of men that we read earlier, and then goes to wash his disciples feet, serves dumb, heals the sick, casts out demons, preaches to people while being persecuted all at the same time. I mean, like so many things you're going to tell me that there's no humility in that. It started with humility mm. and servanthood was the verb, the action yeah. that carried him all along the way. You know, so this is part of who Jesus is. So there's a reward for servanthood. There's a reward for walking in this type Mm -hmm. of lifestyle. And that's riches, honor, and life. Yeah. So forget all the fame for a minute. Forget all the the likes. Forget all the (laughs) whatever you want. This right here leads to something better. Riches, honor, and life. Mm -hmm. Yeah, when we... um. I know we're landing the plane, but when we when we can not even just in servanthood, but just live a, a humble life, you know, and I don't believe that it's what everybody makes it out to be of like, oh, you know, you, you don't have a lot or you can't have this or blah, 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 luxurious stuff like whatever. Man, I believe that if you work for something and you could pay for it, do whatever the heck you want to do. That's <laughs> none of my business, you know, but. Good idea. I've been coughing this whole time and I haven't I, muted my microphone. I, I should have done that. that now. And I was um, like, man, that's a blessing right here. <laughs> yeah, seriously, I should have done that. Um, but in, in living a humble life, like it says there, you know, in the fear of the Lord. So it's not just humility. It's also in the fear of the Lord. You know, we can't confuse um, humility and just be like, okay, I'm humble. I gave everything away and think it's okay. No, it's saying we're, and, and you yeah. also have to fear God. You know, like it's not. And that's I think that 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 debunks the myth of like, well, I'm a good person and I give and I this and I that. Yeah. But it also says you have to fear God. And it says uh, of the Lord is riches and honor and life. That's the reward, riches, honor and life. Um, But as we're walking in this and, and we're humble about things, it's being humble is is not worrying only about yourself. That's how I would define it. You know, the easiest way. It's not saying, oh, yeah, you know, like we're, we're musicians. They're like, dude, you killed it on the guitar. Oh, all, all glory to God. That's not being humble. Sometimes I feel like we're being fakely humble. We're like, yeah, yeah, I know I did good, but, you know, let me give glory. No, no, no. When we serve people, the more you serve, you know, and, and I would tell people this, the more you serve is the more yeah. humble you become. The more you give, you know, and that's why I believe that Jesus told that man, you know, give all everything that you have away to the poor. Why? Because that I feel like that was his mm-hmm. God. You know, he's saying, give away what you're idolizing right now. 
You know, what do we idolize sometimes that we have to give away? You know, sometimes even in the way that we talk to people and even in the way that we try to preach to people, sometimes as pastors, we can do it in a prideful way of like, hey, this is how it is because I'm the one preaching it and you need to understand this. We're not serving people at that point. You know, we have to be careful with the word of God, you know, and, and I even told our young people this. For me, it took a little bit because of trying to find out who we are in ministry, trying to stay up with times of like, oh, you know, if I'm bringing a word, how can this be Instagrammable? How could this how can I bring like a clip out of this so we can make sure that we post this? Not doing it like, okay, I want to be good, but it's like sometimes subconsciously you're just typing something and you're like, oh, how can I come up with that one liner? You know, but when we just seek out God, when we just seek out his presence and we just say, Lord, what do you want us to do? That's humility. You're saying, Mm -hmm. Lord, I don't know how to do this. I don't know what you want me to say. That's grace, right? We we take grace to a whole nother level. No, grace is understanding that you were not able to do it on your own. Right. It's that gift that God gave you that you didn't deserve. And when we understand that salvation, I couldn't do it on my own. You know who I am right now. I couldn't do it on my own. That's being humble of understanding, bro, Justin, you shouldn't be where you're at right now. You shouldn't have the family that you have right now. I shouldn't have it right now. And when we walk in that humility and the fear of God, everything Mm -hmm. else is going to come. Who knows what riches is? Who knows what honor, you know, what kind of honor you're going to get? Maybe it's later on. Maybe it's maybe it's in the afterlife with God, you know, and I would just I would just encourage people to seek out, yo, how can I serve more? How can I be more of a servant? You know, how can I give my life more into ministry? Um, and when we do that, man, I think that that the Holy Spirit's always yeah, going to go 100 percent. I think that's how we'll end today. It's just for those that are listening out there. If you feel that God is tugging on your heart to serve, whether it's as you were listening to us now or even before that, don't ignore the Holy Spirit in that area. It's not as difficult to get started as you may think. You just obey the word of God. Be kind to your neighbor. Love on your brother. Love on your sister. But I'm an advocate of being connected in your local church. You know, it's great that you can listen to us here, but I'm not your pastor at the end of the day. I probably would never be your pastor. And uh, I'm sure, Mike, you can agree to that, too, unless you're in our church and you're listening to us. If I've never met you before. Yeah, we do. We love you. That's all I can say about that. You need to get plugged into your local church and start talking to your pastor and start Mm -hmm. giving yourself, start being available and saying, hey, you know, I'll I'll be okay washing, you know, washing the toilets or vacuuming the floors. You know, that's how I got started was just by doing the simple and, um, you know, praise God for that, because if you're just here because you because you think that you're going to go on the altar and you're going to start preaching day one, that's that's coming from a place of pride. Start with the small, get get humble yeah. and work your way up and let God be the one to exalt you. But get started, you know, start start developing and nurturing that that servanthood in your life. And, you know, so, Mikey, I really appreciate you being on this. So do you want to share maybe any social channels or anywhere that people could find you at? Anything that you want to want to add as a last to say? Man, there ain't much to see. I'm on Instagram and Facebook. I mean, I'm. Uh, I, I don't even know my. my well, I can give you one. Kog Claremont. The, you can follow him there. The, there you go. Kog Claremont. You could follow our church. That'd probably be better than following mine. Um, if you're in the Claremont area, we'd love to see you. But yeah, man. I mean, that's 
that's basically it, brother. I, I loved being here with you, man. It was an honor to be here with you. Again, just giving you your flowers, man. Just, you know, you listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit doing this podcast. And um, I think we need more podcasts like this, man. That's just literally just teaching us through the Bible, not just always a conversation, man. But what you're bringing is good stuff. It's it's meat that I, I believe Christians need, whether you're new, whether you're old, they're reminders. Um and keep doing your thing, brother. You know that you always got me, and you can give me a call, and yeah, no, we can I talk about whatever. That a lot, and trust me, I, you'll definitely be getting a lot of calls from me because I'm sure after today, <laughs> people are going to want to hear back from you. So, you know how it goes. I just, I just hope I was able. You know, we were able to bring some type of value to your life, and 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 try to push you into getting a little closer, man. That's, yeah, that, absolutely. That's really we cool. want to see people sharpen, and we really want to see people hungry and on fire for God. Because at this time, right now. We really need not just people in church, man. We really need, you know, people from the kingdom that are going to bring the kingdom here. I'm telling you. And yeah, if this is going to help you be mm-hmm. that, you know, praise God. But that's what we're praying for. And honestly, whatever we could put out to help in that area, we're all for it. So, you know, until the next yep. time, it was great to know where you, Mikey. And hopefully we'll get to do this again. For sure. <laughs> all right. God bless you all. Hey, if this is something that has blessed you, I want you to go ahead and consider subscribing to this podcast and share this with somebody that you know would get a lot of value and blessing from this as well. Until then, see you on the next episode. God bless you.